Find your next favorite comic at Shroud Media, where different is the new normal. Shroud Media is a creator and publisher of independent comic books, featuring a diverse range of characters confronted with extraordinary circumstances. In Riven, a dark superhero science fiction, a hero rebels against a totalitarian regime led by his deadly alter ego. The supernatural action-adventure Reitzig pits a mute child soldier against his surrogate military family, forcing him to choose between murdering his surrogate mother or losing his sister forever. And an unlikely romance forms between two women after a near-death experience in the surreal action-adventure Samurai Gunslinger. All Shroud Media digital comic books and graphic novels are available on Comixology, iTunes, and Google Play for hassle-free reading on any device. Find Shroud Media on Facebook, at Shroud Media on Twitter, and ShroudMediaLLC.com. You're listening to the Candare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. And right here is where we would normally introduce our guest, but uh, we don't have one this week. So what we're deciding to do, jump back into the what if well uh, right here. I wanted to wait a little while uh, until we did another one. It's only been two episodes ago, but um, (laughs) we had so much fun with it and we got a good response. So uh, why not do another one? A proud Candair tradition. A recent tradition. A new tradition, yes. A month old only, but it's good. Yes, so and good. if if it takes off well enough, maybe even a paid tradition. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> a man can dream. Yes, yes, indeed. But uh, what we're talking about this week is what if, and this is so hard to phrase because I don't want to offend anybody who may believe <laughs> That's in That's a good stuff, po- yeah. I hadn't even considered that. But that the events of Roswell in, uh, what was it, 1947, I believe? Yes, Roswell, New Mexico, range. the supposed alien crash. Which I think has pretty much been debunked. I'm fairly confident nothing extraterrestrial happened. As am I. As am I. But uh, I, I watched some stuff on YouTube and some of the testimonials. Like I, There was a guy who was like, I was out with my boy walking another guy. And we came across a ship lodged into the side of a cliff. <laughs> two dead bodies on the ground. One of them uh, in critical condition and the other one uh, was... I don't know, fidgeting for something or something, you know. Right, which, all of that noise. It's like right. suspiciously detailed accounts of an event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what we're going to be talking about today is what if there actually was an alien crash and uh, it couldn't be hidden from the public. The world knew about aliens. Aliens were here. We had their wrecked ship. How would the world change from that point forward? But before we start, we have a few things we have to uh, rattle off here quick. First, for all of you people who plan on attending any of the Wizard World conventions, well, uh, you know, Candare's going to make that weight on your pocketbook just a little bit lighter. You know we got your back. We, we got your backs, booze. Come on. <laughs> you know you are number one. Candare here for you. So here are a list of the uh, upcoming Wizard World shows. We have first on the list, Columbus, Ohio, August 4th, 5th, and 6th. Uh, then Chicago, August 24th, 25th, 26th, and 7th. Uh, Nashville, September 8th, 9th, and 10th. Madison, September 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Oklahoma, October 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, Austin, Texas, November 17th, 18th, and 19th. And then New Orleans, uh, January 5th, 6th, and 7th. You want to break on that ticket? When you're buying your tickets, go to that little promo box and put in promo code Candair. So easy. No space between canned and air. Just one word there. Just Candair. You're going to get 10% off your ticket. You're welcome. Just think of it as one word. Candair. Put that in your mental (laughs) dictionary. (laughs) Definition? uh, Fantastic entertainment. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. Modest, talented people. Lots of chances for people to check out the Wizard World show. Strongly recommend going. We go every time they're in Ohio, and we have a hell of a good time. So, uh, strongly... Totally worth the botulism. Yeah, and why not save 10% with Candare? It's so easy. Promo code, Candare at checkout on wizardworld.com. There's really no reason not to do it? I, yeah, I don't I think mean... so. Why not? Then stick around at the end of the episode where uh, we're going to be debuting a, a resident band here at Candare. It's going to be around for the next few weeks. Uh, In Urgency, a great band that uh, oh, yeah. we've gotten in contact with. 
uh, social media. Great band, really strong album as well, with some fantastic cover art. Absolutely. I remember I was actually sure. at a gallery premiere for that artist in Austin, Texas. Were you really? I was. Who yeah. was it? Amazing show. Fuck, I can't remember his name. <laughs> oh my God. But I was there. Yeah. That's all that Suffice matters. Suffice to say, he's incredibly talented. So is this band. Uh, you should yeah. follow both of them on Twitter. Uh, I'd say, what, like a uh, alternative heavy metal kind of... In that mash. direction. Yeah, in that direction. I don't Certainly know alternative fits in there somewhere. Yeah. These days, bands are not as confined to their genre as they used to be. Right. It seems like everyone's a little bit of all, all over the place. place. Not that there's anything wrong No, you get new sounds and new good sounds. you got to experiment, but... right? If it yeah. stops changing, it stops being entertaining. But I've been uh, listening to these guys since I found out about them, and uh, they're really cool. So, uh, yeah, check them out at inurgencyofficial.com and on Twitter at inurgencyca. And stick around again at the end of the episode where we'll be playing uh, the song Holy Ghost, the first track off their album, uh, Painting Parallels. Ladies and gentlemen, I would be remiss if I did not remind you to follow us on all of our delightful social networking opportunities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Check out Twitter, at Mm -hmm. CandarePod. So much good stuff happening. Pictures. GIFs jokes sadness sometimes when i've been drinking it's a great twitter and it's worth your time instagram very similar i guess almost identical because i do a lot of pictures in the twitter that also make their way to instagram you know what follow them both so you don't miss anything it's go. like xbox and playstation exclusives there you go. why not be in the middle of that venn diagram exactly at canned underscore air for Instagram, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our YouTube page. Oh yeah, full to bursting with video delights. We've that got is. Our Let's Play series, the Canned Arcade, which is uh, young but growing quickly, mm-hmm. strong like bear. The first full episode's out now. Yeah, it is, and it is good. It is. Yes, we had fun making it, and you'll have fun watching it. I promise you. You will. Yeah, Listen that's not that. speculative. That's no. a fact. The next one, I think, is The Simpsons, right? Simpsons it is, arcade yeah. game. Oh, that was a treat. And then we got the... Oh, I need to get that movie up, the vampire movie. Gotta get yeah, that finished. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, man. It's so tedious. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Why? You don't like it? it was, no, it's just... It was so hard to get through in some places because oh, yeah. it's so off the wall. It's like, how can we make fun of something yeah. that makes fun of itself so well? We have a mystery science theater-inspired uh, movie we're going to put up. A royalty-free movie that we ripped over. So Great uh, stuff, though. I'm yeah. excited to I share. keep talking about it. It hasn't come yet, but I promise <laughs> you it's coming. So, all right. All that shit behind us. Let's get into this week's What If. All right, Jake. <laughs> Put in the X Files theme. Paranormal <laughs> activity. Oh uh, boy. Ghost. Well, no, that's not right. All right. So where do we begin? What if aliens had landed and uh, we had made contact? I, okay, this is touchy. When I was talking with Brooke about this, she kind of she had said it's kind of like a create your own adventure because it can go so many oh, different sure. ways. So we've we've found a crashed alien ship. Um, so it's whether or not the aliens survived or if they died. See, I was thinking about that, and also in terms of like create your own adventure, where it's 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 so open to interpretation of what they would be like. I think it's important to set ground rules for the scenario. Mm-hmm. Just taking evidence from the scene, right? Whatever the case is, and I understand they're passionate people on every side of every conflict. So sure. to the people out there who genuinely believe this was a, a, a documented or government conspiracy cover-up of an alien sighting, fine, by all means, not shitting on what you do with your time, mm-hmm. but personally, I don't think it was. You know? And it's been unclassified, right? Uh, yeah, Maybe I mean, it's... Those it's, files are public knowledge it's, now. It's just correct. nothing. There's just no way, but whatever, fine. Do what you do. Right. I believe in some stupid shit, I'm sure. Um, we have to think about what this means for the type of aliens we would be dealing with in this situation. This is what I've been thinking about the most. There are all these pop culture implications. Mm-hmm. But if the Roswell crash site was an honest-to-God, genuine extraterrestrial crash site, Mm -hmm. that immediately lays down a set of truths we can work from. Okay. In this scenario, they would have technology that, though advanced, is roughly analogous to ours. They have vehicles, air transport. You know, it's it's, it's an aircraft of sorts, Mm -hmm. interstellar or otherwise. Um, They're not invulnerable. They're susceptible to harm through kinetic energy or fire or whatever the hell. This immediately, it um it, it sort of excludes the whole range of like speculative hard sci-fi visions of aliens, you know, gaseous beings or silicon-based life or things outside of the third dimension, all kinds of the weird fringe stuff. So what we have are essentially space people, more advanced 
than us. Far, yes, far more advanced. But physiological... Able to travel between galaxies yeah. and... So, so that's the big thing that sets them yeah. apart, right? Physiologically, they're not too different. Weird looking, you know, you see the greys with their big eyes and all that noise. But they're understandable. They're relatable in a way. Different, but not overwhelmingly different. So there we have their humanoid. They use vehicles. Their technology is advanced, but not so advanced that we can't see it for what it is. Right. So using that, it's easy to extrapolate, you know, how it would have affected culture, technology, opinion of the government, things like this, you know. Religion. Oh, my God. I mean, religion is already so sectarian. You've got people interpreting things in slightly different ways. Right. Cause wars, you know. Mm-hmm. You think about, like, uh, like the Hindu religion. Where there are all these fantastic accounts of of gods flying around in strange machines and attacking each other with beams of light. All this stuff that sounds classically sci-fi. If all of a sudden uh, the Hindu population beholden to those old stories heard about this, they'd just be like, oh yeah, sure. I mean, there they are. Who cares? You know, it just wouldn't even be a thing. You talk about the, like, bog-standard Christian definition of humanity and its place on the earth as this special one-of-a-kind thing. You've got to reconsider the angle from which all of that, you know, it's it's like, were we just the next in a sequence of creations? Right. Were we part of a greater, you know, there, there's it just calls into question everything. The first place my mind goes to would be like you just said the uh, the technology, the implications oh, yeah. of that technology onto our own. And you know, who's to say that we'd even be able to use it or apply it, you know, it could consist of elements that don't exist. Right. I mean, like um, what's that line uh, technology of a sufficient level is indistinguishable from magic. Right. right? It could right. toss it would just make no sense. You're like, how? What? <laughs> but I think we could definitely learn a great deal from it enough sure. to we could uh, make something. I always think of the first Iron Man movie, <laughs> Jeff Bridges' model of the <laughs> yeah. Iron Man suit, you know? like We could have the clunkier, easily frozen version of alien technology. Right. But I think we definitely would, uh, you know, adapt it. And there, every available U.S. dollar in this country would be funneled toward dismantling and reverse engineering this technology. Whether it was possible or not, the potential um, gains from the investment would be mm-hmm. too good. I mean, think about the superiority of this country. We're already pretty strong, yeah. you know, militarily. In terms and think of, of the nuclear time period, weapons. 1947, oh, we've come God. out of two world wars, uh, the cold wars, cold wars happening, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just starting to get really... Yeah, <laughs> I must said it's starting to get really hot. The Cold War is starting to get really cold. <laughs> but I mean, can can you even imagine what that would have meant? I mean, it, Jesus, it's the it's the storyline to Watchmen, right? Yeah, we'd have our doomsday weapon, our our nuclear deterrent in the form of alien technology, whatever shape that took. You know, faster aircraft, better anti missile systems, more deadly payloads for our ICBMs. Well, I mean, you know, it's been described as a, a the round, like stereotypical disc right. of a alien ship, right? That's what I saw in the descriptions I read. And so, if we can take one of those, reassemble it, figure out how it works, and produce it, aerodynamics immediately become irrelevant and. Uh, here we are with a you know a new form of transportation. Not just a new form of transportation, but the military applications, an unprecedented weapon, something no one has had any opportunity mm-hmm. to fight against or gauge its power. Right. Standard dogfighting operations, it's not gonna work against a flying saucer, you know? Yeah. And it's something that's the way move they are three around. dimensions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have that X, Y, and Z axis to play with just on a whim. You know, the way yeah. you see them move at least as depicted in like science fiction and stuff, you know. Uh, uh, aircraft is pretty much a slave to its own momentum, right? If you want yeah. to turn, it's got to be gradual. These things are just a product of their pilot's thought. You know, they're yeah. wherever they need to be. Man, can you imagine mass uh, transit on one of the, like if uh, it was uh, was adapted? You know, we had flying saucers as our like the Jetsons. Have. <laughs> yeah, and you know, not, not only that, airports then make great big ones that will hold oh, thousands man. of people, like these big airliners do. I think there wouldn't be any like passenger liner flying saucers. You know, man, it'd be crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah, everybody just in like concentric circles. Maybe leaned up, stood up with a little tray in front of them. You sip your wine. Think, Ten minutes later, you're in London. Think about how difficult it would be to work air traffic control. You know what? I This is the craziest goddamn thing in the world. I remember reading this. I cannot cite my source, so take it with a grain of salt. I swear to God I read 
that NASA already has a theoretical system in place for handling civilian air traffic after the advent of what we'll call flying cars, you know, quote unquote. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. They've given it thought. I guess that's what they did with their budget while we weren't sending people into space. <laughs> and and there is a system they, they believe could be put in place if the technology met that point. It just hasn't. Wow. And I, it's, it's weird because I've tried to wrap my head around it. I just don't know what form it could take that wouldn't result in mass terror and hysteria because when you get in a fender bender today it's like oh shit there goes my day my insurance is gonna ruin right. me you know uh, you get in a fender bender in the sky there's going to be collateral damage yeah oh yeah for sure that's why i think it'll never happen but i knows? hope it doesn't maybe if they do become flying cars it'll only be like 10 feet above the ground yeah, yeah. not flying like flying in so far like as you don't need wheels yeah, yeah 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 okay now what about also with these ships the new um, ability to just pick up and fly out of Earth's orbit if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, something that's just as effective in atmosphere as out. Yeah, so not only could you then more easily and more conveniently just, I'm going to go to the moon today. (laughs) Yeah, you don't need however many tons of liquid fuel and multi-stage booster to reach escape velocity. You're just like, beep, 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 beep. I can't do the noise, but you know, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but uh, like you mentioned earlier, you know, funding would be ushered into it and on top of that because what else could there possibly be in the world to invest in NASA, except for this nasa period yeah, I mean, not only that project but the nasa space program it'd be the most important thing in the world yeah and and how far do you think we'd be now aliens aside and this whole theory aside just if nasa had awesome funding amazing you know more than they can do with funding all these years how far more advanced do you think we'd be as far as space travel goes? Would we have already gone to Mars and back and even further? What I think in situations like this is that institutions like NASA, they're the, the, the thinking wing. You know, they're the ones who can conceptualize this stuff and develop the methods that get us there. But they can't, they don't necessarily make anything commercially viable. Mm-hmm. It's like mission necessary. The systems they develop and what they do are incredible. I just can't even oh, comprehend the level of mathematics and skill and understanding yeah. of the world that it takes. But it would take outside forces using what they provide as like a springboard because nothing gets done in the modern world unless there's a lot of money to be made in doing it. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I guess what I'm trying to say is we'd be advanced to the extent that... NASA likes to do exploratory missions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sending you know was, uh, the, all these satellites and telescopes and things of that nature just to gather data. They love gathering data. Would we necessarily be colonizing other planets yet? I don't know, you know? I think we would, but it just occurred to me it would then usher in um, the real life, like Star Trek, like... Uh Oh, sure. Ships, there was, you know, with a full crew that just set out into space exploring, you know, may not ever come back. And you know, I actually just recently had a conversation with my dad about that, who was a naval officer back in the day. And, really? And I said, all right, picture this. The United States, just for instance, has a space fleet. Is that Air Force or is that Navy, right? You know, which branch of the military has jurisdiction? Do they make something brand new? It seems like maritime tradition is what would I'd keep think a ship afloat. I'd Air Force, I would think. You think so? I mean, what do I know? But I'm leaning I mean, in a Navy direction. You think so? I think so. Because I, I actually, I think, you ever see The Martian, Matt Damon? Yes. They make that joke about Mars being under maritime law. It's mm-hmm. like technically international waters. Mm-hmm. I know that's like weak evidence to go on, but I have to think... I mean, God, the Navy has more fighter jets than the Air Force does. They've got the carriers and what they carry. It just seems like a natural fit. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. But I took us off on a tangent, so I'm sorry. Please continue. No, it's a good tangent. And, you know, being able to uh, not only zip into space, but let's say these aliens, you know, did survive and we were able to communicate with them. And oh, man. I don't know why they wouldn't want to just hop back in their ship and leave. <laughs> but this, for some reason, Dude, they... let's go. <laughs> they decide to stay and... Uh, you know, bestow their wisdom onto us, sure. you know, then we have the ability to say, let's just say that we can then travel to their planet. Oh. Like they teach us how to jump, you know, between yeah. Almost the way uh, solar like, systems. Uh, old English explorers and adventurers would bring chimps back in cages. <laughs> like, look what we found. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, not so much that, but like, say peace was made between sure. the two worlds and then it could become a new vacation hotspot. Yeah. For them, but then not only that, 
you'd have the same coming this way. You know, aliens coming to check out this planet Earth. It's That'd a, be a really nice scenario because it follows the human model of what we think of as perfect inner cooperation, where one makes money off the other and vice versa. Everybody's appeased. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it assumes that they're agreeable and humanoid both in shape and intention. You know, that their attitudes, their mindset is something accessible to our logic. Right. Because that's another thing I always think about is like, how, how could we even access that type of thought? You know, I think that as in possible as it would seem to think of, you know, the flying saucer with little green men and how the, you know, the future would be different from that, but it would be more, what's even harder to believe than that would be that if it were real, that that would be allowed to happen. Because like, think of a, just one weird virus or, you know, we'd have no precedent for whatever they brought to us. They wouldn't have any way to protect. Yeah. You know, we they could kill us. We could kill them. You know, with accidentally. Yeah. You know, we could start a war without knowing it, just, mm-hmm. without or just start a you know an, an epidemic like uh, that. Be stand just yeah. mass. Death, <laughs> yeah. You know, Have Captain Trips from space. But let's say you know again going back to where we were before that, if it was allowed and we were doing such things. You know, first the visiting, and then maybe colonization. Maybe you start getting colonies of them coming yeah. here. Humans you could have an embassy there. on their planet, and vice versa. Then I would think ushered in a new form of racism, or oh, no question, maybe not even racism. What would you call it? Uh, uh, by <laughs> very definition, xenophobia, right? Yeah, I guess there you go. There's that word Zeno. I mean, it's perfect. And it, w- it would have to go through a whole transition, don't you think? Because oh. at first it would probably be acceptable. Sure. Everyone I mean, would be so not that everyone would be on board, it. but yeah, nobody's arming up to stop it just yet. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we can't. Eat, human beings can't even tolerate each other. No, you know, vague differences in skin tone are enough to cause wars. How yeah. can we possibly handle an entirely different species? Especially, God forbid, if we feel somehow inferior to them. If mm. we're pretty confident they've got things figured out in a way that we don't yet, we are going to want to destroy them on principle. <laughs> and okay. 1947, who was our president in 1947? Oh, boy. Truman. What did Truman do? Atomic bomb on uh, Hiroshima and uh, where else? Nagasaki. Yeah. Yeah, So Truman, who had like so little understanding of foreign powers, even as vice president. Truman. Now he's got to deal with (laughs) extraterrestrial foreign relations. Who had a 22% approval rate. (laughs) Seriously. So maybe he just would have been like, kill it, kill it, kill it now, kill it. You Nukes know? everywhere, forever. <laughs> we got to nuke this whole uh, this whole Cleanse state them in cleanse, atomic yeah. fire. <laughs> That's crazy you to know, think I, about. Yeah, and I think it was, I'd, I'd love to believe there would be peaceful relations, cooperation between, peace between worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one can see the hand gesture, so that joke was meaningless. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to believe there would be all of this cooperation and exchange of ideas and technologies, but that assumes they'd have something to gain from us other than raw resources. So it's yeah. like Stephen Hawking said he can only imagine a scenario wherein humanity contacts or is contacted by an alien species and we get a Columbus meeting the natives sort of effect. Exactly. You know, it's like, ah, oh, they would make fine slaves. You know, yeah. What defense would we have against them either? What, were they going to wage a land war? Are we going to roll out some tanks and fight them on the field? No. It'd be, it's crazy to think about, you know, how technology advances. And, some, you know, where we are now, we think we have everything we need, but there's probably something that... We haven't even thought of, like, sure. for instance, like, say we were to go to their world. They've obviously mastered interdimensional yeah. Either travel. through fold spacing or Schwarzschild wormholes or right. whatever Right, they're the doing hell. things we can't do. But the basic concept of a wheel, you know, could be completely foreign to them. Because they may have never needed such a thing. Exactly. But you know, it's they, something they can... that maybe they could still use, you know. Sure, sure. They'd see it and be like, oh, that's quaint. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, go there and sweet child. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how do I get to the other side of this city? It's like, oh, you just activate your fourth you dimension your, circuit. Your, yeah. yeah, in your disc, you dumbass. Uh, you just <laughs> jump to a point where you've already been there. What are you talking about, man? Right. Can't you hop time like we can? It's like, no. We no. gotta wait for things to happen. Now, how do you think? Okay, so we have aliens that are crashed here. They can't. They can't leave the planet for whatever reason. They have to stay here. I, I mean, obviously, they are probably going to be locked away. 
Oh, they're not going to ever see the sun again. (laughs) I wouldn't think so. But what if they were able to, you know, just the few that survived were wanting normal lives and stuff and were given normal lives? I know that would never happen, but how crazy would that be? We had them contained, but with accommodations. You can live in this big bubble over here (laughs) in this Truman Show dome. I have to imagine they'd want to go home and when they get there, talk about what a shitty time they had. It'd be like your car breaking down in the middle of Nebraska or something. (laughs) I'm just like, oh man, what a backwards hellscape I'm in. They're rolling around on these round things (laughs) over there. I don't know what they were. I had to take a cab. I didn't even know what that was till today, (laughs) but it can't even go the speed of light. It's ridiculous. I think I'm thinking of Roger from uh, uh, American Dad now. Some things I read, though. Uh, a reproductive bio- biologist by the name of uh, Jack Cohen uh, said that the... Because I was looking up the origin of just the the interpretation, the image of what we perceive as an alien. You know, the... Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it's like three a to child's early primal memory of a human face, right? Pretty much. Yeah, just the big eyes... Small nose and mouth, big head. Before you have, like, object permanence or anything. Exactly. And um, he said, you know, for aliens to... Aliens can't possibly be real because they're too similar to humans. That's That's always been my thought. It's it's too easy that they should be this way. Exactly. I mean, there's the odds of evolution happening to where they even resemble us. You think of conditions when the slightest thing... We live on a world with humans and also centipedes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like two things that couldn't possibly be more different. You add an entire alien biology to that, it's just unimaginable. Yeah. And I mean, aliens have got to be real. There is way too much universe for it just to be us. Oh, for sure. There's other life forms out there. They're not going to look like us. I don't believe there are... Yeah, I don't believe there are little green men running around or anything like that. But there's definitely got to be some other kind of life. And um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I saw him on a show within the past few months talking about a planet that they have found in a distant uh, solar system that um, is just, it's in the right position uh, to where it could inhabit life. Yeah, NASA has like this running list of exoplanets in a habitable band. Right. But to get to it, he said you'd have to have a ship with a crew that would take off and begin to reproduce, and it would be like third or fourth generation that finally <laughs> arrived on the planet. Man. And then that would be an isolated world of humans. It's not like there'd be intercooperation between us and them. There'd be no supply line. How could you possibly do that? Yeah. It'd, it'd, be, be, a col- it'd be like burying a time capsule and knowing you're going to die before you can dig it up. You know? It's just yeah. Like, oh, let's invest in the future. Man, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's crazy. Talking about exoplanets, there was like the Gliese system where it has two or three that they theorize could have liquid water, which is insane. It's got like a big, fat, old star that's gone cold by like fucking star standards. You know? Right. Um, and it's got all these planets, one of which is like tidal locked. So kind of like the way the moon, we only ever see one side of it. Only right. one side of it ever faces its sun. So it's oh, sweltering on one side frozen on the other and in the middle there's this nice little area where it's like shorts weather i think is the phrase they used when i read it in that same system though there's a planet they theorize may have foliage that is pitch black because the only light that can reach the surface is infrared and it would need that color to photosynthesize infrared i've heard that yeah like all these plants would be black then yeah it's the scariest thing to imagine you know a dark, constantly dark planet. A pitch black jungle of unknowable alien plants. Oh my god. It's like the most metal thing I've thought of this week. And now, Sarah, there are plants. Plants are around to make breathable air, right? So, I mean, what, yeah, part shouldn't of the process. there be other things? One would think. I mean, yeah, if you've got foliage like that, that's to, they're, they're a provider, they're going to be things that can take advantage of that. Just when conditions are right. Because that's the thing. We think of life, I think, probably whether you're religious or not, you think of life through the lens of a creationist angle. Like, one day we were, you know. And it's not necessarily that that's, like, wrong, that way of thinking. But you don't take into consideration that life doesn't just happen randomly. It's like when conditions are right, life is just kind of the next step. Right. Right? I mean, it's like this magical thing. Yeah, because we haven't really found it anywhere else, but... Conditions were right here. 
So you get life, and not just life, but the different forms and permutations of life. Right. It's just when things are a certain way, this is what happens. So it seems incredible, but it's just... And how do any of them behave? Like, do they start, like, forming societies, or do they oh, just... Man. Are they all completely individually independent? Nomadic, all, yeah. yeah. Do they even think? Is there a, a galaxy with some jellyfish empire where everyone's just like an ancient floating nervous system and nothing else? You know, it's... Possibilities are endless. Endless. It's frightening. The longer you think about it, the scarier it gets. Okay, so that's what he said about... about uh, or excuse me, the Jack Cohen, the reproductive biologist, said that we they couldn't be possibly no, real because they're no too similar way. to the human form. So, a UFOologist, I think. Uh, I've seen that term on the internet yeah, several so times like now. Ufologist, I think, is ufologist? how that... Yeah. Is that what it's supposed that's to what be pronounced? That's what I always pronounced? thought. Ufologist. Makes more sense. Sure. Makes about as much sense as anything else. But they say that the reason the aliens have the humanoid form is because they're responsible for us being here. They have placed us here. Oh, yeah. There's this definitely. is why in the ancient uh, like uh, hieroglyphics and, and whatnot. Ancient like, aliens. Exactly. Thanks, History whole, Channel. Yeah, right. The Hitler and Aliens Channel. <laughs> so there, there was uh, that theory. But it's... Um, who was it? It was... H.G. Wells, in an article or a story or something he did in the late 1800s before War of the Worlds, he described time travelers from the distant future the exact same way, as small, like one meter tall, gray skin, big eyes, big head, yada yada. Yeah. And that's an interesting path to think about, too. Maybe they aren't from another world, another planet at all. Maybe... It is from the future. Just us, yeah. It's just us. And we, we're so different, you know. Conditions. Millions of years in the future. You might even have... Oh, man. You know, they're always kind of thin and frail with big heads. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the way I imagine something would develop in a low-gravity environment. You know what I mean? It's like we're kind of stocky. Yeah. Comparatively, because gravity's always weighing us down. You know, we're compact. We get thicker, you know, toward yeah. the bottom. Feet are tough. You take something like, imagine people, human beings, thousands of years in the future, a spacefaring society. Space travel takes a long time, you know, slip gates or no. So you have to imagine they're going to be generations that have never set foot on a planet. Uh -huh. You develop, you grow under those conditions, something totally synthetic. You're going to have a lack of pigmentation. Why not? You're going to be tall and thin because gravity's never touched you. Yeah, I didn't think about I that. I probably could have explained that better. But it's well, just, no, I, we I started to get on this rule where I'm like, oh, and aliens are pale and thin with big heads. It's like they were born in low gravity. And I just low got gravity, excited low about light. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel, yeah, I just, I, it took me a minute to get there. But um, it's interesting to think about. When we were in New York, uh, we went to the, uh, the was it, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm, cool. And when you go in, I'm gonna. I feel horrible. I don't remember exactly the culture, but I want to say it was the ancient Romans, and they had um, artifacts from uh, like their military, mm. which was obviously just like spears, shields, and sure. helmets. And these dated, I think, thirteen, fourteen hundreds. Now, remind. Let me remind you, this was at least 10, 15 years ago, so these details are hazy. Again, it may not even be the Romans. But the point that I'm getting at is their features were tiny. These helmets were tiny. I mean, like, you could, um, man, probably about the size of a grapefruit, tiny. So these people didn't stand any more than, yeah, like, people three. People were smaller. It yeah. was bizarre. You look at remains of mummies and things like that, and they're so shockingly small compared to what we have today. Right. So we're constantly evolving, changing sizes, yeah. shapes. So it's very plausible. It makes me think of the movie AI with uh, Haley Joel Osment. Have you ever oh, seen yeah. that? And then at the very end, you've got those, like, nebula-faced extraterrestrial whatever but the that's, hell. It's us. It, right. It, yeah, the future, yeah. It's the evolution. Just, it's what we've become. So, yeah, it's crazy to think about. Yeah. So many different possibilities. My God. Okay, so let's say aliens, you know, it was announced then on the news, jumping way back to where we were beginning. <laughs> right. We just kept tangenting off. Yeah. Aliens have crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. It cannot be uh, hushed by the government. It's public knowledge. It's just, for whatever reason, everybody's aware. All, all the news scenes were on the spot before before the men in black were. And, um, <laughs> right. So that's another thing I had to touch on. Remind me to touch on Men in Black. Men okay. in Black and Majestic and all of those shadow organizations. Well, yeah. I, when we were in a bookstore in Illinois a few weeks ago, and I found a book that dated 1972 that said it was called Men in Black. 
had two dudes on the front uh, in black, just hand-drawn little, like, independent kind of looking thing. Yeah. And I looked it up online, and it's supposed to be a bunch of articles about these supposed men in black. Yeah, it's one of those kind of frightening conspiracies to take mm-hmm. you down a wormhole where you're like, this can't be real, <laughs> right? You know? Right. <laughs> But uh, look back to uh, October 30th, 1938, when uh, Orson Welles directed and narrated War of the Worlds mm-hmm. on uh, public radio, which at the top of the broadcast, he said this is fiction, but many te- people tuned in after that announcement to hear the news report of aliens uh, yeah. invading. You've got like hosp- accounts of mass hysteria, which were exaggerated, but there were certainly people freaked out, especially I think I read right. on the outskirts, rural areas. They're like, yes. oh my God. You know? Yeah, taking preparations and like really freaking out. And, you know, I think that also began the, the uh, and I could be wrong about this, but the conspiracy uh, theorists. Mm. Because there were people after that that said, oh, it was real. They're just covering it up. They're just covering it up. Sure. Obviously, it was just War of the Worlds. But when opinions like that get entrenched, they'll fight every shred of evidence and latch on everything they perceive is right. And I know. think it's probably War of the Worlds and the excitement and controversy and panic that that stirred to then not even ten years later have the Roswell incident. That's a good happen. point. Yeah, we to were already kind of primed everybody for a up situation for it, you know? like that. Yeah, uh, uh, science fiction was really rearing sure. up at that time. So. Yeah. With all this stuff happening, when Roswell happened, just like a nuclear uh, bomb, more so for probably pop culture than yeah. anything. And it's this time, this was the dawn of escapism, you know, mm-hmm. things in Europe, the post-war years, that sucked, you know, right. Europe in shambles, the Berlin Wall, the Cold War, everybody wanted to be somewhere that wasn't about to be nuked into glass, you yeah. know, so you get science <laughs> fiction and all this stuff, Lord of the Rings, you know, right. somewhere with dwarves and elves and whatever, I just don't want to be here right now, Yeah. Know? For sure. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. So uh, you you had mentioned uh, pop culture, though. Yeah. And, man, so much of our culture, I almost want to say, especially like American cinema, like Independence Day, perhaps one of the Americanist oh, yeah. movies ever made. You know? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a just, good movie that is. It's, it's we're dependent on this idea of aliens as being advanced but humans having some tenacity that makes us better, right? Because it always comes down to well, us that's winning. That's the arrogance the of the human, yeah, human yeah. race right there. We always think we're better than everything right. else. We're going to be some ragtag resistance, and we'll push back the aliens because, you know, ooh, it's the fourth. It's, <laughs> it makes me sick when I see that in yeah. movies. Like, oh, it's the human's resolve that pulls us through. Really? Because it's the human's revolve fucking this planet up, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's what's happening right here. We can't even band together to stop people from beheading civilians in yeah. Africa. You know, you think we're going to fight an entire alien species? We're not going to get all factional and... We're beating know. each other over sales on Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, Pregnant women are losing their babies. To waffle irons on yeah. sale. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, pop culture, uh, science fiction in general. So We, we wouldn't feel... I think a lot of that... Like, uh, I'm going to keep using Independence Day because it supports my theory here. And it's a great fucking movie. I think a lot of that comes from the confidence we have as, like, masters of our domain. Especially, like, as Americans. Because we've been the big kids on the block for a long while. You know, since the end of World War... Since the end of World War I, we've been like, yeah, whatever. We're the new world. We're where the money and power is. We got the nukes. We got the power. You know, all of that, you know. Movies like Independence Day and earlier ones where we fight the aliens and like what the day the Earth stood still. I mean, they recede, oh, yeah. right? I mean, in the end, mm-hmm. humanity stands tall once more. That comes from a place of confidence, right? We've never been tested on that level. We assume we would win. I think actual, absolute, definite contact with aliens, i.e., Crash and Roswell, uh-huh. and everybody knows it, is going to shake our confidence to the point where no one wants to speculate on those scenarios you're gonna wonder holy shit could we it's gonna stop being the realm of fiction i don't think you're gonna see a lot of us conquering the aliens you might see an uptick in in us being conquered by the aliens and culture you know panic and fear and anything that's mastered the ability to fly all the way here in a disc that's hovering around that's a scary thought if they come in troves willing to destroy us but who knows? It could be, again, like War of the Worlds and the common cold. <laughs> yeah, there you, know, you go. Kills them off. You never know what could happen. 
um, possibilities are endless. But uh, no, I like to think what you. Well, no, I don't like to think that way. <laughs> but I agree with what you're saying. We would probably be eradicated. We'd lose that quickly. confidence as well in our pop culture yes. that we're the take all comers. You know, mm-hmm. America. We can do what we please. We can take any enemy that dares to show itself to us. If we encountered aliens, the truth of it, whether it meant anything or not, they probably weren't warlike. Say they were just dead in the crash. We never had a chance to talk to them. I feel like our collective imagination would run wild with what the rest of them might be like. Would we arm up? Would we even consider? I mean, I was uh, talking with Brooke, and we were thinking at first, like, well, would this actually bind any of the nations together, like it did in Independence Day? And there's no. Fucking way. <laughs> yeah. It would be a battle to first obtain that technology, right. then to use it against each other, and um, again, against any alien threat that might be coming or following this crash in Roswell. Yeah, because with this alien technology, what it is, is the most important thing that's ever happened to science and humanity. Mm-hmm. It is the next step for humanity. And one nation is going to say, our way of life must be the next step of humanities, and theirs cannot. You know, whoever they are, whoever the other person is. You think, what, we're going to start colonizing other planets, and there's going to be a neatly partitioned bit that belongs to every respective mm-hmm. nation on Earth. No, you know, whoever gets there gets it, and there are going to be fights over ideology and race and beliefs and religion like there are now, just in space, right. you know? Well, th- no, I didn't even think about this. Say we did obtain a ship and discovered new elements that we that are that are foreign to this world, and say you know we had interplanetary travel between the two worlds, and we were ab- able to obtain said element elements. I mean, that's just another trove of possibility. You know, yeah. what could be created? What could be cured? You know, there could be a single cure for cancer yeah. that's making up the back hall of this ship, you know. Maybe. Sure, sure. It's just, and to them, it would just be meaningless. Maybe their right. biology, uh, it just the idea of a disease the way we see it doesn't even make sense to them, you yeah. know. And this is what their equivalent of linoleum. They use it to tile their floor. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh my God, this eradicates cancer instantly and makes you 10 years younger. It's just right. like, what, my bathroom floor? You know, it's right. just meaningless have you ever personally had any experience had seen any lights in the sky anything like that when i was young i always wished like night after night i'd see something crazy and the way that kind of informed my opinion of it these days is because i i want to so badly right that's why i don't like i have to be careful right i i i don't really believe in much of anything because I want to believe in it so sure. badly. I feel like I have to stop myself before I start. And I've, I've never had like an encounter or anything like that. I always kind of wanted to. I did. I do have a little bit of sleep paralysis now and again. And I have sometimes little short, bizarre waking dreams. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, there was one time I thought for certain there was some kind of alien abduction in progress that I had been averted. I remember I was staying the night at a friend's house. Everyone was asleep. I was in my sleeping bag on the floor. And I heard this noise, almost like a car engine revving up and just getting louder and louder and louder and sharper and sharper and sharper. And then everything got really bright. And I, like, snapped to with a gasp. And I was like, did I just get abducted? What the fuck happened? No, I was just tripping out and (laughs) tired and paralyzed or whatever. And it's nothing, you know. Lots of people have it. It's a fairly common thing. But it's frightening. And it made me think, like, oh, man. This must be what people are mistaking for alien abductions, you know. I've uh, I've read that before. That so many cases of oh yeah, and I forgot we've talked about people this being at abduct- one time. Yeah. abducted. Uh, yeah, have a sleep paralysis. And if you uh, strongly recommend to you and people at home watching the fourth kind, uh, if you oh, ever get man. the chance, because that. <laughs> Now, it messed with me, and I've said this on the show before when it was in theaters and with Brooke, because they really emphasized, you know, this is based on true events, and they kept playing, you know, the new remade reenactment footage next to the original, right. supposed original footage, and it freaked us out for a few days after, because, like, holy shit. And then, you know, they came out and said it, in fact, wasn't real, but it'll oh, still yeah. mess with you. You know, I wanted to see it, but I just, I absolutely couldn't, because it was the weirdest thing. Leading up to the point where that movie came out, uh, me and a friend of mine, we used to drive around at night a lot, and we'd go to, like, hobby shops and eat uh-huh. Arby's, and that was all of our ambition when we were younger, right. so that's all we did. Just get a, ha- a roast beef sandwich, go to the hobby shop, buy some new paints. We always start talking about weird, creepy shit when we hit these barren country roads, and oh, yeah. it would always end <clears throat> up aliens. And I had this scenario in my head where we're driving, 
and the car just stops. All the momentum just dies. I turn over, he's not moving, and ahead, there's just a trio of them in the headlights where there weren't before, and it's like, you're coming with us, you know, it just scared the bejesus out of me, this thought that one day uh, everything would change. Right. You know, because what does it mean when you see an alien? It means your entire world needs to be reevaluated. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. then around the time I kept having that thought, this movie came out, I was like, no, I choose sleep, you know, I right. want to be able to have restful nights for the next few months. And there was, <laughs> all right, you know what, I do have kind of a... Kind of, it's not really an encounter, sure, but it was the closest thing. Well, when I asked you that, I was like, "Have you ever shook an alien's no. hand?" No, I mean, I, <laughs> just like, have you ever seen anything in the sky? No, no, I know what you mean. This is, I'm actually glad I had this experience because this is the closest thing I think I've ever come or want to come to it. I was dead asleep when I got a text message. That'd be really, I like fell asleep with the phone next to my ear, so it woke me right up. It was like three thirty, four in the morning. It was a friend of mine from Nevada. And she sent me this little snippet of a video of something, some weird object in the sky leaving a trail. Later on, found out it was like a Chinese test for a biphasic rocket. It was okay. pretty standard. But at the time, at four in the morning, groggy, no glasses, I'm like, oh, man, that looks scary. And she sent me this message with the utmost sincerity. She was like, Jake, it's happening. It's happening. Oh, They're here. Yeah. They're here. I yeah. remember you saying this. And if it had been like noon and I was eating lunch and I got this message, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. This was four in the morning when everything is true. You know what I mean? Right. Like my right. mental defenses were down. And for a solid five minutes, it was happening. And I remember feeling like my heart just fell out of my asshole. You know, it's just <laughs> the it's just impossible to describe. I felt horrified because everything was different and i had this realization in this moment that everything was different yeah i had to reevaluate the world my whole life you I know can't what imagine what that was that feeling was like because it was the uh, scariest thing that has ever happened to me well that's just it when you do get scared like say if someone stops too short in the street and you have to slam on your brakes yeah, or a deer like, runs in oh, front of you oh my god something <laughs> that really startles you if you it's pay like attention real fear to know? the rev up of fear like where it peaks and then comes down at that peak. Imagine freezing in that peak. Ugh. Like I can't imagine. It was I. I got so freaked out. I remember shaking a little bit, and I'm fumbling to call my girlfriend. I'm like, "What's happening? Is it happening?" But well, you feel like a, you also hear like a rumble in your ears because your oh, blood. Oh yeah, is yeah. Like, it's just coursing. It's yeah. like holding a seashell up to your ear yeah, or something. Yeah. It's man. I just remember that scaring the bejesus out of me. I can imagine. I was pissed afterward. Because, like, when I came, I came to my senses, it took me a minute to calm down. I'm like, wait, hang on. This is not... It cannot be. You know? Uh -huh. It's that simple. But there was a short time there where, for a second, aliens were real, and they were here. Right. And I was fucking scared. Uh, man, it's... it's. This doesn't really have anything to do with aliens. Or maybe it does. I don't know what yeah. caused it in the end. But I had a dream once that... It was so real. I still to this day remember like such. Oh wow! I do have a crazy. Okay, I got two dreams to All talk right, about. Me. This is nuts. I don't want to sound crazy when I say this, but the old place Brooke and I used to live in. Uh, one night I had a dream where we were going down uh, just the same old street in town we always do out by a ballpark because we lived out in the country, you know. And in this cornfield next to the ballpark lands a flying saucer. And we're like, oh, shit, a flying saucer. What's the smartest thing to do? Let's go up to it and touch it. You of know? course. So we pulled the car over. And we both get out and walk over to it. And, you know, she walks one way around it. And I start around the other, kind of like putting our hands on it and feeling it. Like, wow, this is incredible. And about that time, I hear her say, something's opening up over here. And I turn around <laughs> to see something in front of her open. And flames engulf her. Oh, good. And just watch her burn and fall and die, like, right in front of me. And it was horrific, as you can imagine. But yeah. I immediately, like, halfway woke up. Like, I remember sitting up in bed and looking down at her and seeing her next to me. But, like, still convinced the dream was happening and saying to myself, I can't let that happen. So laying back down, the dream started completely over. But I was totally aware huh. of everything that was going to happen. Yeah, like a little lucid moment. It was like a loop that yeah. I had seen before, like rewinding and watching over again. And uh, went through the motions, but when it came time for that, I ran and pulled her out of the way, and once the flame came out and she was safe, 
I snapped like bright, like right awake, <laughs> fully awake at that moment. Isn't that, that was, weird? Yeah, the brain's capable of crazy ass things. So weird, yeah. It's wild. And I've heard stories of people, you know, lucid dreaming and how they can control it start to finish. You know, yeah. it's just, it's one of those things. Never happened to me. That doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't happen. Right. That is wild. Tell you what, it does remind me of another dream I had, if we have the Good time. Oh, yeah. funny. Okay, sweet. Uh, I, I had another dream about being visited by aliens that was really frightening's not the word. It was like there was this feeling of existential dread that came with it. This came after that night where I got the message. So okay. in my mind, there had already been th- th- that memory. Been was, yeah, it was yeah. pretty strong. So that feeling kind of hit me again in the dream. I remember my family was there and we were out in the middle of nowhere because apparently when they're aliens, it's always the middle of nowhere. Right? Right, You're out in right. the field or something. And it's not so much a craft just as like a, a, a presence there's like a, a type of light or something a, an aura of some kind and, and like it was my mom in the dream and she reaches out and she puts her hand on my shoulder and she says it's okay they know more than us because they've been to heaven already and i turned around and there are like six of them behind me they're like 14 feet tall staring down directly at oh. me and that phrase that was like so clear in my head just really freaked me out. Yeah. You know, it, ugh, I don't know. It, it still creeps me out even talking about it. Wow. That was a frightening one. This was weird. Now, this really happened. And I, I can't explain it. I can't peg it as UFO, but it was just weird. So I was driving home from work. And again, we were uh, living back home out way out in the country. So a lot of cornfields around, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got pretty close to being home. Just uh, maybe two miles, mile and a half, two miles down the road. And as I was approaching, the sun was down at 9.30, 10 o'clock-ish, maybe, somewhere in that vicinity. And there were cars pulled over along the road, probably five, six cars, all with their lights on. Looks like the cars were still running, but they had all just pulled over quick with their blinkers all going. And I, they were all standing in the street, but they were all fixated, all looking at the edge of the corn. And I had to slow way down and, you know, kind of drive around one of the cars. And as I was doing so, was very close to one of the people. So I just put my window down. I said, hey, what's going on? And all he said, because I didn't really stop and I didn't want to get out. I was tired. I just got off work. And I just kind of kept slowly rolling as he was saying, I'm not sure exactly, but she saw something run like crazy into the corner. Oh, I don't like that. That's all he said. And everybody just was looking bewildered and staring again, looking around into the corn. It's like, peace, I'm the fuck out of here. (laughs) Done. (laughs) I'm not sticking around. I will pass on that. So I... I just kept going. I went. Well, yeah, down that the road. was the. See, you averted the whole horror story. Story. Well, we're not done oh, yet, my Jesus. friend. All right. <laughs> what you got? Not that anything like super crazy happened, right. but um, to support this men in black theory, I was driving down the road, watching. And again, I said, uh, maybe a mile, mile and a half from home. So, as I'm approaching the house, I can still see the rear, like the lights in my rearview mirror. A black car comes fucking racing. <laughs> I mean speeding like a demon the other way, like past me toward that scene with a little blue like siren light in its front window. <laughs> that was it. I, it's like such a... It's the shit like that that's so close to being like mundane, but like is weirdly off-putting. I'm that's sure it was scariest. nothing. I'm sure exactly. it was nothing. You it, know? Was, it was probably nothing, but mm-hmm. god damn if it doesn't sound like something. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure it felt like something. It's a small town. It's out in the country. The smallest thing that people can get worked over, oh, they'll sure. get worked up over. You get enough you know? bored people in one place. Sure, sure. Not to say they didn't see something that freaked them out, but yeah. and, uh, who knows what it was. Yeah. But doesn't that just fit the narrative perfectly, though? I think it was uh, they're close kind of around where signs had come out, too. Oh, maybe. yeah. So, so I mean, that was already fucking with me. plants that idea. I mean, when you have a, a movie set around aliens in the cornfield and shit, and you go home to <laughs> a house surrounded cornfields. in cornfields, <laughs> yeah. kind of messes with you. But um, No question. Yeah. Anyway, a few of the things right there I experienced. We touched on religion a little bit, but another thought I had was, like, the idea of alien cults. 
got these people who mm. see. I mean, look at a movie like, uh, oh, let's go back to Independence Day. Why not? Sure. Everybody who gathered at the top of that skyscraper to greet the aliens. You know, you yeah. get enough weird new age hippie types. You're going to be like, oh, man. In Rick and Morty when the big heads came <laughs> yeah. and then they started. Uh, Head is Why not? Yeah. 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 It pleases the head. <laughs> But uh, as silly as that is, and as we laugh, there are definitely people who would be doing no question so, for sure. What was it in? Uh, oh boy, it was in the nineties, and I remember that you were. What year were you born again? Ninety one. Ninety one. You were probably too young to remember uh, the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh, you know, I read about it after the fact. I definitely don't remember it at that time. But. I remember it happening. And he, uh, yeah, he got a lot of people, obviously, that uh, killed themselves yeah. uh, to go in the spaceship that was in the tail of Halley's Comet oh, course, that was yeah. passing by. Uh, that was crazy. Um, wow, I haven't thought about that in years. It just popped into my head. I mean, head. that's kind of where we get the phrase, drink the Kool-Aid, right? I mean, wasn't that the... Or no, uh, no, that was um, they Jonestown. Yes, the they weren't the Kool-Aid people, but okay. um, I'm sure they probably killed themselves in a very similar fashion, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, another thing I remember vividly, and you know, you saying you got that text message from your friend and for five minutes believed it. In 1997, there was some shit that happened over Phoenix, Arizona, that was breaking news and being broadcast across the country with the lights over Phoenix. And I remember watching that. Did you ever see it? No, I didn't. Seriously, it was no. witnessed by thousands of people, and I believe even the mayor saw it and was like standing <laughs> by his testimony. Um, but there were six lights, five, six lights that shone over Phoenix in a V shape, right? Huh. And they like came in over the town, turned, and then took off. But they they all were appearing one at a time. And it, um, there are people, you know, who, who can say who you can believe and who you can't. But there are people who say, you know, when it first came in, it was low enough that you could look up and see into the underbelly of it. It was completely black except for the lights, they say, but on the underbelly, it was shimmering. And they said it was the size of a shopping mall. It was huge, <laughs> but didn't make a noise. Um, so those kind of accounts have come from a few people. But there's no denying that this happened because it was like live... Well, he wasn't live, but it, I remember it being like breaking news on yeah. the news. And there were like four or five different people who caught it on film. Again, this is before cell phones and stuff sure. obviously around. So everyone doesn't have a video camera at the ready all the time. But um, in those moments, like seeing it on TV, because we were just watching something at night and it said, you know, now breaking news out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, these lights no one can explain. or <laughs> It was nuts. That would be frightening. It was absolutely crazy. Because we thought, well, this has got to be aliens, right? And I think they ended up I mean, saying it was some kind of flare test or something. Flares like. or, like, it kind of makes me think about, like, uh, parachutes, how they have that strobe. Yeah, this wasn't a strobe, though. And these lights, like, held their place. And they, huh. they formed, like, a like geese when they fly, like a Yeah, v. like a delta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but if you get on YouTube, you can look it up and uh, check out the footage of it. Huh. It was intense. I remember that vividly. I need to look into that then, because mm -hmm. I'd certainly like to see the footage. Yeah, we'll pull it up on YouTube here cool. when we're done. And I recommend uh, you people at home doing so, too, if this stuff kind of thing interests you. I, I take it if you're this far into the episode, yeah, it does. If you haven't stopped by now. <laughs> but um, what else you got, Jack? Or Jake, anything? I think I'm kind of tapped here. I've hit on all the major points, all the stuff that keeps me yeah. up at night. Um, there's a lot of stuff we haven't touched on, but that's kind of the uh, the point of the what yeah, if show I is mean, we get the ball rolling with all of our bits of facts or <laughs> what we believe to be facts, <laughs> yeah. stuff we found on the internet. We know that uh, we probably weren't 100% accurate on all, some of the things we said, but... No, but I mean, it's a what if. Now we leave it in your guys' hands. Uh, you tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, maybe your theories, what... Uh, you know, just we want to hear from you what you think on this yeah. topic. You believe there was an actual alien crash in Roswell? Mm -hmm. We want to know. Yeah. Exactly. I want to hear it. I'm not going to sit here like, you know, oh, it's all bullshit. I want to hear it, whether I believe in it or not. Ex yeah, absolutely. It's a crazy, interesting subject. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, hit us up on Twitter, on the website, Facebook, wherever it may be. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, how you enjoyed the episode, and uh, your thoughts on it as well and I think that's probably going to do it for this week I so, think so uh, Jake what do we have on the website well what do we have on the website Jeremy mm -hmm. let me tell you um, we have got our special guest page which we're very proud of all the big names and fun guests we've had over the years who oh, yeah. uh, 
are closest to our hearts. Yeah. Um, we've got our contacts page. If you're interested in being a part of the show in some capacity, either being featured or hawking your new ways. Or, well, speaking of which, uh, we've got a link to our merchandise. Mm-hmm. Sweet shirts, shower curtains, bath mats, body pillows, you know, in oh, case yeah. you're looking for a little Jake Runyon in your bedroom. <laughs> Um, follow us on all our social media as previously explained uh, Twitter at CandairPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air check out our YouTube page we've mm-hmm. got lots of fun videos already and plenty more on the way and uh, what's that you think I hit everything there? You hit most everything, Superb. yeah. Superb. Uh, again, people wanting to go to the Wizard World Conventions, oh, yes. get that 10% off when you're buying your tickets at checkout. Put in promo code canned air. No space between canned and air, just one all it takes. One word, canned so air. So simple. And you get 10% off your purchase. It works for the, the individual days and the three-day pass. I don't think it works on the VIP packages, though. But We uh, only have so much pull in the Wizard yeah. World community. Yeah, but we, we, do, what we, we do what we can That's for you right. guys because we love you. And now we're going to be playing the song Holy Ghost from uh, the band In Urgency that is uh, doing a resident stay here at Candair over the next four weeks. Hell of a track. Again, yeah. uh, Good song, good album called Painting Parallels. It's available on iTunes. Uh, You can go to their website, inurgencyofficial.com. Uh, and on Twitter at inurgencyca, they might even be touring now. We have to. Oh, good. I'll have that information ready for next week. Their yeah, tour yeah. schedule. But in the meantime, check out this tasty little track of theirs <laughs> called "Holy Ghost." And until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jake Runyon. Thanks for listening, everyone, and remember to keep watching the skis.
I can't wait to see this movie. But wait, Timmy's blind. But what am I supposed to do? Why not try a podcast? Spirit! Spirit. All the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the Candare podcast. Finally, a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! That was stupid. Fuck, what is up, man? There's something in the air. This is the last day of a full moon. Oh, shit. It really is. There you go. Brain's all frazzled. Kind of weak. The waves are... (laughs) (laughs) Let's try this again. Coming out to all you cool cats with your (laughs) finger up your ass. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Ask Dave. Would you rather meet an alien here on Earth or go to space? Meet an alien here. Really? Why is that? Well... You know, he needs to know what's going on here, and uh, like we can go to the Grand Canyon, look at it, Mount Rushmore, you know, and probably like McDonald's or stuff like that. <laughs> Wouldn't want to take a McDonald's. He's got to get the full American experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this has been Ask Dave. If you have a question for Dave, go to candidpodcast.com and send him a question. It's the right thing to do. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains... We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show. <laughs>